We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Oh, this is gonna be fun. We can stand late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making what? Because people have got to know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I'm not going to give you a can question. You st- can you stay counter? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. I can, you st- can see Russia from my house. <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Uh, we, um, like drink box water bottles. I don't know, a proof is a proof. What kind of proof? It's a proof. Here come the Flames! Champions! 
on all things hockey. That's what we really do. And and I and for those who are watching at home, you've got a very handsome cardboard cutout in the back there. Look at that bad boy. That is the likeness of uh, a one Bruce Mackey wearing a Manchester Storm shirt. And uh, you've been playing hockey course in Manchester, so we'll talk about that as well. So uh, my question for you, Scott, is what memory stands out from your four years in the Ontario Hockey League? That's four a good years. question. I think there's a few things that do stand out for sure. Um, one thing that really is clear for me is playing in the Eastern Conference Finals, going to the Game 7 um, against the Barry Colts and guys like Mark Shifley and uh, Andreas Athanasiu and Aaron Eckblad on the other team. So that's a pretty cool memory to play against guys like that and then uh, to have a good team ourselves that we had a lot of fun that year. Uh, do you remember uh, Aaron Eckblad? Remember there was a, do you remember a saying, uh, Bobby, it said, be bad for Eckblad? Because you think he was going to be like the first round <laughs> yeah. pick? I yeah. don't remember that, but oh, it, yeah. it's catchy. And, and I have a distinct memory that involves you, Scott, because I was in a fantasy hockey pool with you guys, and you had won... You had won an award, and you were at the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think it was for, uh, what was the award for? Do you remember? The you Humanitarian can, of the Year. Oh, Humanitarian of the Year. And you they presented to you. Can t- you can honk your own horn. That's all good. <laughs> and and yeah. we were there, and I, I remember I was proud as punch, and I was we were there at the Hockey Hall of Fame. And then Connor McDavid was over at the side, and so was Aaron Eckblad. And I remember I said, oh, man, I've got the first pick in the fantasy pool. I wanna, I'm going to go over and get my picture taken with Eckblad. So I went over. And I said, can I get my picture taken with you? And, and I've got the picture, and I'm shaking his hand. I said, by the way, I said, I'm, I'm drafting you first overall in my fantasy pool. Welcome to the Crease Weasels. <laughs> I gained some massive respect for you then, Bruce. That was pretty cool. That you did that. And then he just kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah, I'm happy to be a part of things. <laughs> <laughs> happy to join the Crease Weasels. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's all good. So uh, talking about the OHL and Terry Hockey League, how – Difficult is it going to be? The Quebec League played this year. The Western League played this year. Uh, the OHL did not. And when you're looking at the draft, when you're looking at development of hockey players, how difficult is it going to be? Do you think there's going to be some steals in the draft where people end up going in the late rounds when had they played, they probably would have gone higher? Do you think that's going to happen? How how critical is it that there was no hockey this year in the OHL? I think it was very uh, tough for them, for everybody involved in the OHL, that they didn't get to play. Obviously, as you said, the other leagues uh, got some some games, which I think in the grand scheme will be huge for the players. But for the NHL draft, I feel like they have a pretty good idea. Uh, they've been watching these guys for a long time. So there obviously will be a few steals, but there, al- there always is. And I think that uh, most of the guys kind of have an idea. Most of the scouts have an idea who they want, uh, even though they hardly saw the play, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, we had Mark Osborne. He's a he made it known he was a pro scout, and then they've got the amateur scouts. And did Stevie? Did you did you pick up there was kind of a little bit of a thing there, rivalry between the two? Yeah, I felt like a bit of an Edmonton Calgary, where clearly he thought the pros like Calgary was clearly way better, and so he wasn't sort of mincing any words about that. <laughs> yeah, so that was, it, it felt was, like a rivalry, but it was like the rivalry was already solved for him. So I think that's how it's like. Program. Well, you know the amateur guys. I mean, there it, it was just like whoa, hey. So, Bobby, you got a question there for Scotty. Yes, you had mentioned earlier, Bruce, that uh, Scott uh, in university was a two-sport athlete, and I guess it really wasn't badminton and cricket. It was uh, <laughs> rugby and hockey, I understand. My question is, did uh, Scott, did you ever have to play both sports on the same weekend or even on the same day? 
There was actually a few times, yeah, where I was able to do that. Uh, wow. Obviously, scheduling uh, was pretty amazing, playing two sports, usually practicing twice a day, and then uh, getting the opportunity on the weekends to just be flying around and doing whatever, whatever I could. So usually rugby, since it was such a short season, would kind of take precedent in the fall. Um, so if I if there was a conflict, I'd play the rugby game. But uh, there was a f- nationals. We held nationals in Guelph, and I think I played like three rugby games and two hockey games in uh, three days. So wow. it, was, it was so fun. Like I would go from rugby in the afternoon. My my dad was huge in in getting me to the hockey games because I would miss the bus. So he would take me from the rugby game to the hockey game, and I'd play that night. So it was it was a blast. And nice. Definitely a time I look back on uh, pretty fondly. And hearing uh, Bob Cole describe games, they have scrums in both, apparently. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Do> they ever. <laughs> yeah. Jono, you got a question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Scott, what type of adversity uh, have you encountered in sports, and, and how have you sort of dealt with the criticism that comes? Yeah, it's uh, interesting. I mean, I'm feeling pretty blessed in my uh, activities and in my career of playing sports. Um, Adversity, obviously, everybody faces it, and I, I don't really think there's one thing that really stands out too clear. Um, I guess one thing, like in Belleville, my dad and well, my parents and, and a few of my closer friends uh, were the owners of the team there, and so you kind of run into, hey, like that's the owner's kid. And not that I actually ever really felt that it benefited me, but you know, you always get people talking about it. Um, especially people that somehow find out on the other teams, like you get the odd guy that would know and somehow like just give you a little bit on the ice, like a little bit of flack. So it, it was totally fine. And I actually don't feel at all that it was like something I couldn't overcome and definitely did in the end. So yeah, it was, it, it's, it's pretty minor adversity for, I feel like there's a lot of people that have more intense stories than that, but yeah, there's uh, always uh, something to overcome in sports for sure. Uh, were you, were you ever on the receiving end of some pretty uh, witty and good chirps? What are some of the best chirps that kind of stand out? Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I was such a, I don't know. I want to say like, kind of like a loser on the ice, but I would just <laughs> smile. I would just smile at the guys and they would just like, no one would say much to me, which I really appreciated. So I think it was like, I didn't have anything to say to them. So I just smiled and they didn't really have anything to say to me. So it worked out. I, I helped coach one of the rep teams that my son was on. And uh, we had one kid who was very creative and they would always say stuff to him. And he'd just look at them, smile and say, I like grapes. And like, what, what was that? About? Like, right off the wall. And it totally diffused everything and it got them off. And then he'd go and get in front of that and score. So I got a little story for you, Bruce. If you yeah. remember, holy matter on the he played in london and then yeah. he went on to play i think he's still playing i guess in chicago now um our goalie was charlie graham or he's the backup goalie and he was on the bench and he went and he told that uh, i don't know what happened but he said hey Oli, what's the matter <laughs> and then Oli mata turned to him and he would have been already like pretty known and like kind of an nhl graphic and he said Shut up, back up. <laughs> that's always said back to him. So I thought that was pretty clever. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes and you know during the lockout and uh, or not the lockout, but the, during this year in the NHL when they haven't had fans in the stands, you could actually hear more than you normally would hear. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> and sometimes it's not not to a good thing. Uh, but but um, uh, tell me about who was your favorite billet family, Scott? Hmm. You'd think that'd be an easy answer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hmm. You've had a few billets. 
I've you, had a couple billets. You can yeah. say Wellington. I, mean, I, I won't take it personally. I have been very fortunate to have great billets where, wherever I've been. And, I mean, it's crazy to think of people bringing teenage guys and probably girls in some aspects into their house and letting them live with them. So I'm super thankful. Um, I will say four years spent in Belleville uh, was made a lot better by the family that I live with there in the Mackey household. I, w- I was going to give your address, but I won't do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm in Ivanhoe, so you can uh, come and visit us in Ivanhoe. Um, and currently now you're playing overseas in England, and you, you had played when the pandemic first broke, and then you got home, um, and then you went back for a super elite series. You led the team in scoring. Talk about playing in England. What? How are hockey fans in England? Do they, do they, you know, do, they, do you actually in England, is it true that you play on the different end of the ice, just like they drive, like on different zones and things like that? Yeah. <laughs> You got to go up the other end of the bench. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. They, they, they <laughs> the defensemen go up the they're, forward side. They're great. I mean, I would say it's a young like they they know their hockey, but they're still a young fan base technically. Where as in Canada, they've seen it forever, um, but they have that European fan mentality in in England, where it's bring your drums, bring your chants, um, have a few beers or a lot of beers, <laughs> and then just enjoy the atmosphere at the at the rink, which. I kind of wish it was like that here. Yeah. Like you see on TV. I mean, even in Montreal, they had the chance to have 2,500 people and they're still boring fans. You know, it's like, oh, oh, hear it's, me. It's, listen, what? We, we can take you out of this podcast as soon as we got you on. <laughs> That's totally fun. <laughs> no, but they're great. And I, I think it's a really cool like, to kind of get that chance to play in front of people that are that passionate. And they might not know exactly what's going on, but they definitely love to see the hits and the physicality and and anything good that happens they're pretty pumped for so yeah do they sing do they sing scotty like they do at the soccer games or the the football games they do they they sing like a version of when the saints go marching in but they do it when the storm go marching in like they they change things like that and uh yeah it's pretty fun like some of the away games, even they're pretty clever. Like up in Scotland and stuff, they just like scream at you. And you're just like, I don't know what, what they're saying. I don't know what they're trying to say to me, but they're passionate. Eat paper, no. <laughs> they pipe the team in. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, can you stick around? And we want to talk hockey, so we're going to have you talking the sports and. Uh... So we are heading to Game Seven between the Leafs and the Habs. So I want to set this up for a bit. Um, the So if you've ever heard of Steve Dangles, have you ever heard of Steve Dangles? He, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he's the guy, let me just play part of his thing here. He was the guy that does a lot of, he's a massive Leaf fan. And I first came to prominence and, and found out about him last year when David Ayers went into net. He's the Zamboni driver. And this guy went and made a passionate plea, and I'm going to play part of the interview with Steve Dangles. That's not even the worst part. Are you kidding me? That's not even close. The Toronto Maple Leafs lost an actual National Hockey League game to a 42-year-old Zamboni driver who works for them. Forget Game 7 in 2013, in 2018, in 2019. Wow, they get humiliated a lot. Well, forget all of them. They just lost to a So that's Steve Dangles. He, he got quite animated, and he, I think, I think he wrote a book. It's called "How My Life Was Ruined by the Toronto Maple Leafs." Like he's a, is a massive fan. So 
he if you get on YouTube on a game night, you can actually watch the TSN or the Sportsnet feed of the actual hockey game, and he's in the corner giving his commentary, and it's oh, wow. it's classic. So here he was in Game Five. The Leafs over the past few years actually have a decent record in overtime in the playoffs. If I oh no oh no two on zero. Oh no. Son of a gun. <laughs> okay, so so that was that was his commentary and Isaac my son just loves watching. He he gets very into it and I actually feel bad like he was so passionate and then game 6 on Saturday night and uh, we'll talk about that in a second but here is his take on that. Stripes if you could pick up that helmet that'd be cool. Oh! Oh no! Oh Dermot! I didn't add that. Gave them one thing, one bloody thing in that overtime, and we're going to Game Seven. I honestly can't believe it. I, I didn't put the wah, wah, wah. that was that was them doing it. Um, so Scott, did you watch? Did, did you watch both games, Game Five and Game Six? I watched both games. Yeah. What and, was your uh, What was your impression of game from a Leaf perspective? You're a Leaf fan, and uh, honestly, how how did you feel they played in Game? Well, actually, we'll go back to Game Five. How did you feel they played in Game Five? I feel like I'm being set up for something. No, I, no, I, we're, we're just honestly having a roundtable. I'm not. We'll go back to Game Five, then we'll talk Game Six. <laughs> Yeah, I thought in Game 5, actually, uh, I thought both teams played pretty well. And I would say probably Montreal deserved to win in, in the in the grand scheme of that game. Yeah. How important, Bob, do you feel having the presence of actual fans in the stand was and how much it pumped up Montreal's tires? Oh, I think it helped them quite a bit. Yeah. And yeah. you're a lifelong you're a lifelong Leaf fan as well, right? Well, I've been known to cheer for both, but yeah, I guess, yep. Uh, Bob and I, yeah, you have cheered for Montreal, haven't you? Mm. Bob and I were actually in the stands, uh, Patrick Waugh's last game with Montreal. So we, we have uh, gone to Montreal a fair bit. Uh, now, the 2,500 fans, did you see the ticket prices, Steve? How much tickets cost to get into the games? Yeah, I saw some that were, well, they started at 1,000. I saw some that were going up to like 1,500, two grand. Like I saw some crazy numbers for, for seats in there. So. And and did you notice that there was a lot of like there was not a lot but there was Leaf fans there, and I think there was people that came from from Ontario and drove down to Montreal. Now I was under the impression there was a stay at home order, and if you cross the border, do you have to quarantine for fourteen days when you come back after that game? I was actually going to call if Toronto had won. I was going to call the snitch line <laughs> and tell them to stand outside the four hundred one and the twenty and just pick them off like flies and just say, hey, listen. It's a bad day to be in Hawkesbury, Ontario. I think that's true. How that works? Uh, so game, yeah, I will say game five, the two on zero. Um, it, it's funny. My family has always never really liked Alex Galchenyuk. We bumped into him before a game in an elevator. We were at the Brook Street in Ottawa going to see Montreal, and I mean, we saw Markov. He had my son went up and he autographed the picture the whole nine yards max patch ready the whole nine yards we were in the elevator and just the five of us and alex galchenyuk gets in the elevator with us and then they're like oh can we take a picture with you and he's like not before the game <laughs> so 
And, wow. and after that, we, we've never been a major fan. But when you look at the, the Galchenyuk trade, when you, when you really break it down, Galchenyuk gave that puck away which, uh, in Game 5, which, which did the 2 on 0 But when you look at the trades, Montreal traded Alex Galchenyuk to Arizona, I think, for Max Domi. Then they, changed, they traded Max Domi to Columbus for Mr. Anderson. And did you play against Anderson, Scott? I did, yeah. He was in London, so I think we would only have played him a couple of times. But he, I can remember he was a good player back then. Was he playing with uh, Ole Mata? <laughs> probably. I think they probably would have crossed over. <laughs> I think he played with like Kachuk and those guys, too, from my memory. Man. Uh, so so when you look at that trade, and Galchenyuk signed, did he sign as a free agent, or did they just pick him up off waivers in Toronto? I think he, I don't want either one of those. Yeah. But for, for, for free, right. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty much, much for free <laughs> for free. Uh, Not as even a waivers. I think it was a waivers. Yeah. As a Calgary flames fan, Stevie, when you watch the rivalry between Montreal and Toronto, right. What, what do you care? Like if it's possible to just have like a, like a, like an NFL tie where they walk out of the building, both disappointed, <laughs> that'd be my best outcome, but that doesn't work in hockey. So like it, yeah, it doesn't like, like call it on the, on account of weather. Cause they have a hole on their roofs. Sure. Any of those outcomes, but yeah, I don't really want to win. Uh, so game, game six comes along and I, and I, the whole time I, as a lifer Habs fan uh, on paper, Toronto, should win this series and and probably still will win this series. But now in game six, I'm like, well, I'm hopeful, but I'm not really. It's like Bob Morris in the playoffs when, when Balva was, was winning and they, when they won the OHL championship, Bob refused to cheer the whole game. It was like (laughs) two, nothing, three, nothing. And he's just not letting his emotions get out. Like I can't, I can't let my guard down. And then when it was like eight to two, I think he did a little, Woohoo! And then finally, nine two, he cheered. Oh, I went out of my mind on the ninth goal. I thought. It's, I think it's you safe. did a whole it's little. Safe now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Jonathan Chichu scored five goals in that game. That was great. I was losing my mind after like two goals, and um, so in the game uh, on the Saturday night, Montreal went up two nothing, and I will say uh, the Toronto goalie he made some unbelievable saves. Like it could, it should have been four nothing. On a few of those plays, mm. and then two nothing, they say is the um, the worst lead in all of hockey. I've heard that said many times, and then they came storming back. And then in the overtime, I mean, Toronto dominated Montreal. Is that your assessment, Scott? Yeah, I love. Let's go back a little bit. I love how you kind of say, "Oh, I'm still not expecting Montreal to win." Like you're kind of like playing that like oh underdog card. Like, well, good for you. Good for you. Ride that out. But uh, I thought in Game Six, Toronto big time deserved to win that game. Sure, they did. Yeah. Montreal, ten minutes. You guys played amazing for the first ten minutes of the game. Some interesting hockey, zero zero, and then I mean, obviously Marner shoots the puck out and stuff. So there, there was some suspect stuff going on. But yeah, OT one shot on net goal. Yeah, it's very tough. Yeah, and and I love how you lump me in with all the success of Montreal, you guys, because I, I have really nothing to do with it. But I, I do. <laughs> If you'd have told me, though, at the beginning of the series that, that we would be going to a Game 7, to me, that's victory right there. Like, honestly. Oh, boy, here we go again. Oh, listen. No, I'm serious. <laughs> but, I, I, of course, I want Montreal to win. But sure. uh, now let's talk about in, Mont- in Toronto, 
they had a movement afoot to get fans in the stand to get the same kind of deal that they had in Quebec. They wanted fully vaccinated frontline workers to come into the stands, and it was turned down this afternoon. Mm-mm. What's your opinion on that, Bob? I don't know. I think maybe I understand they've got to play it safe, but that might be a little over the top. Yeah, I, it, and they, they're all fully vaccinated, fully masked, fully social distancing the whole nine yards. It, like, I would have loved to have gone to a game. Like, we watched it last night, the, the Montreal game. And after a goal, you know, the, the people are running up and down the stairs and mm-hmm. running in the aisles, which they normally wouldn't get to do. And I was thinking, I was thinking silly things like, there'd be no line for the bathroom. You know, you could just go walk right in at any time. Yeah, hey. uh, would they serve food at games like this? Mm, Is that I, I the would, question I, I stumped you on? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think there's there are, there are COVID friendly food, right? Like I don't think you want to share a bag of popcorn, <laughs> but you can eat a hot dog, right? I would think so. Like 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 uh, individually packaged food, yeah. Like not, yeah, yeah. yeah don't but popcorn don't pass around the nachos. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't know how that is. So in in and and the media was going nuts on all of the you know, having fans around, and it was a bit of a moral victory. I mean, it's only twenty five hundred. Do you think there will be fans in the stands for games in Canada come this fall? Bob Morris. I'm going to say yes. Are you? This fall, yeah. You don't sound you don't sound convicted though. You sound kind of almost I guess. Yeah, well, I'm a Leaf fan. Oh, that's, that's what we, yeah. That's that's the way we talk. <laughs> and what what about Calgary? Like are they going to be with restrictions or are they going to be as Jason Kenny because he's getting hit so hard? He's just going to try and appeal to everyone except the Notleys and say, "Wide open, my friends." Oh yeah, yeah, it's wide open. We're it's we're it's it's sellouts every every night. It's that's how we're rolling in Calgary. <laughs> is the Calgary Stampede? Is there any restriction on attendance at the Stampede? Well, they're claiming it's going to look a little different, so I don't know that we're going to have the million person midway that we normally have. Like, I don't know that I can ride the zipper uh, <laughs> like I normally do, but I think I think they're going to try and do something but like it won't you know they'll probably Calgary's, they'll probably Calgary's serve a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna say they'll probably serve some covid friendly food there i would think yeah some, yeah individual hot dogs and, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i've never heard things covid friendly foods oh yeah that's the thing that's it oh yeah all the kids these days bruce are into it <laughs> yeah yeah how, how did i miss this um tying things up in hockey um i want to you know when when you see the Carolina Hurricanes, when you see Nashville Predators and the crowds are wide open there. Did you see the tweet that the Carolina Hurricanes did to the Nashville Predators? I love their social media people. And um, the, the the picture was, it, it shows Carolina's media page and then it shows them trying to link to Nashville's and it says, you have been blocked by the Nashville Predators. <laughs> and it was classic. And then Nashville responded, it's like, nice Photoshop job. We didn't block you. Uh, but th- those guys in Carolina, have you ever seen any of their tweets? They are witty. They are funny. And uh, what what do you think of the Carolina team, Scott Simmons? The team is fantastic. I think they got some good players and they've really built it well. I think their coach is good, Rob Brindamore. Sounds like a player-friendly coach. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the social media has been funny. Can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but I remember that they, I think it was maybe Patty Marlowe, something involved with him, 
um, like one of the best trades or something. I forget how. Oh yeah, it, P- Patrick Marlowe, the yeah one of the best. Uh, uh, you know the best uh, Her- Carolina Hurricanes of all time. Yeah, something like that. Like they're pretty clever and they're yeah. pretty witty. So I think that maybe gets them at least five fans a year. <laughs> you know who my favorite player is on the Carolina Hurricanes. Have you ever ever seen before a game, uh, their assistant captain, uh, number 48, he does this deal with Sveshnikov. It's Martin up, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you watch it and it's just you can't help and he's just sitting there going okay let's go buddy let's go <laughs> it's classic so uh okay we'll go around the table here bob game seven who do you pick montreal or toronto i i uh i i gotta say toronto i guess yeah. okay yeah. all right uh scott simmons who do you pick well i don't know like we're happy to be here in game seven and like it's a victory for us. So <laughs> I definitely pick the Leafs. I mean, I think Carey Price could be the difference in this kind of thing where it's a one game showdown with the best boy in the world, but I'm going to pick the Leafs. All right. And Stevie Height, who are you picking? You know, I think this is between you and Scotty Bruce. So I got to, I got to flip with, I got to go the opposite of Bobby so that we bounce it out. So I got to go Habs all the way on this. One. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, you know what? Well, and, I got to go. And because yeah. my, because I host a podcast, basically my vote counts for two. Mm. So we're going to go. Yeah. There we go. You're right there. And we're right <laughs> there. there. Uh, then we, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Montreal. Uh, I, I'm, I am saying I am excited they've got this far i want them to win and i'm gonna i'm gonna pick montreal cole caulfield will score the winner for the habs what (laughs) did we just become best friends yep do you want to go do karate in the garage yep well folks that tells me that that's all the time we have on this week's podcast scotty you want to join us on the next podcast and we can talk more because we missed a whole whack of stuff to talk about this week yeah let's talk about something other than hockey yeah we we got baseball we hit we got politics We've got other things to talk about. And uh, Stevie, what have we got to talk about on our website? What's on the website? Is it is it shows from 2008 or? Uh, you know, I think I think we've moved into the, <laughs> into the teen years by now, Bruce. So I think I'm feeling pretty good about uh, about our, our website presence. I'm liking uh, it. Okay, we've got lots of things to talk about. Bobby, anything else? How? I mean, you've you've had 17 vaccinations. Mm-hmm. No side effects. No nothing. None, none that I, I've noticed anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, you'll join us for the next podcast as well. I, I will. I, I, I will. I, I, I will. <laughs> He's got a little bit of a stutter from the uh, vaccinations. That's it, yeah. Mm. Mm. Vaccination. Mm. Mm, vaccination. <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling about vaccination right this moment. Oh, Bill de Blasio. Uh, so for the Edge of Tom Foolery, my name is Bruce Mackey. I'm Bob Morris. I'm Steve Height. And also with us tonight is Ben. Scott. <laughs> is that, listen, if you want to come back for another podcast, you've got to get it, you've got to get some oomph. So let's let's <laughs> take that from the top again. For the Edge of Tom Foolery, my name is Bruce Mackey. I'm Bob Morris. I'm Steve Height. And I'm Scott Simmons. Oh, there you go. Love to have you drop by our Facebook page, The Edge of Tomfoolery, or our website, which is edgeoftomfoolery.com. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a great week.